This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. My name is Jason Miller. I'm your podcast host. And today I have Joel Phillips on, who is the CEO of ProShark. Welcome to the show, brother. Well, thank you for having me, Jason. Yes. So as I like to say, introduce yourself a little bit, just a little bit other than what I did, and tell us what your superpower is. My superpower. Sure. My name is Joel Phillips. I am a director on Strategic Advisor Board, director and VP of technology, and I am the CEO of a company called ProShark. We are a digital marketing agency slash slash SaaS platform company. Um, And I guess if I had to boil down my superpowers would be technology and um, architecture. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I've seen a lot of your work and obviously I endorse it. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly endorse it. And, you know, kind of leads us into the whole technology discussion, right? With right. what's going on with digital marketing and all the crap that's going around. And, well, a lot of bullshit, really, to be honest. Um, what are you seeing in the market today when it comes to digital? digital marketing, technology, all these things. Yeah, and it, it's really a challenge. And I know we've had this conversation a couple of times, but um, it's a challenge what's happening in the marketplace because there's a big shift and you've got these big tech companies that are they're putting fences around their data and they're using the guise of privacy to do it. And what the consensus is in, in the marketplace is that data is gold. And if you're not collecting data around who your clients are, around who you are as a company, around what your your offer is, around your ideal uh, place in the market is, if you're not collecting that data, then you're going to be behind the, behind the eight ball. Because what happens is under the guise of privacy, um, you've got companies like Apple who in one fell swoop, wiped out $232 billion of market cap for Facebook because when they turned off the um, access to consumer information, then Facebook had nowhere to go with it for pixel tracking and cookie tracking. So, and you've got a play by Google who's doing the same thing at the end of this year. So that's interesting because. You know, you look at the cause and effect of that for, say, your average small mom and pop business out there, right? That, you know, they do some Facebook advertising. Uh, COVID forced them on to e-commerce platform, right? Mm. And and even though we're kind of post-COVID now, they're still there, right? So most of the revenue is coming from there for a lot of these small businesses, Right. So how do you see this playing out long-term 
when it comes to how it's going to affect these smaller businesses, the big guys are always going to figure it out, right? It's right. the little one. It's the little guy that little guy or gal running the small little shop in a small town that most of their business comes from e-commerce. How do you see this plan out when Google, you know, finally freaking slits the throat on their end? Yeah. So great question, because you as a business owner were able to go on to Facebook and, and place an ad and you'd have decent success with that ad. But now the ROI from those ads is just gone through the floor because you don't have the one thing about and without getting off into the weeds, pixel tracking allowed you to do what's called retargeting. Retargeting has been around since day one of digital marketing. But now that that's going away, the cost of advertising and actually reaching somebody is a lot higher. And it's not really effective. By the time you get to the sale, you've spent more in marketing to attract that consumer than you actually get from the sale. Add to that, and you mentioned something about COVID and everybody moving to an online platform at that time. Yes, they did. But now the noise is just outrageous in the marketplace. So how do you reach your consumer if you've got to A, cut through the noise and B, get past the obstacles like Facebook marketing? Because Apple cut out 40% of that retargeting audience. Now when Google comes along with their Android that cuts out the other 60%. So what's left? And, and and what's funny is you have to go on Apple now to access those consumers because that privacy didn't eliminate advertising to them. It just changed who gets to advertise to them. That's why Google's doing the same thing. It's money. I mean, it all boils down to money. But as a small business owner, what do you do? Um it's a valid question and people are still trying to figure that out. But my argument would be to go that you you're going to have to go with somebody who specializes in the digital world and understands how to cut through that noise. There's also a movement that we've created. I don't know of anybody else who's doing this where we can go in and do research on a company their digital footprint, not a push button report. Those are a dime a dozen. You can get those anywhere. You need something that actually tells you who your competitors are, what they're doing that's successful, who your company is, and what the right channels to market on are, and um, who your ideal customer is. Because if you're not reaching those people, then you're not going to be able to sell your product as effective product or services effectively. We call that a DMAP or a digital marketing action plan. Um, and there's an expense to it, but the savings on the back end are so significant. And we're finished running through our betas on it, and we've had really good results with it so far. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that's definitely something to check out with you guys for sure. But you know, I, I think a lot of business owners today they fall for this. I have to be doing this, that, or the other. Right. right. So it's like, I have to be on Facebook. I have to be on Instagram. I have to be on Twitter. I have to be on all these places, but in reality, I have to be everywhere for somebody to see me. Right. Not, I have to, not the truth. Yeah. I have to be doing all things for everybody. Right. Right. So, and really no. it's the opposite. And I think a lot of us learn have learned that like even deeper in the last two years. I know I mm -hmm. have. 
um, when it comes to who you serve saying, well, I'm agnostic, right? Well, that's a pretty wide net to cast, right? Oh, it's, it's impossible net to cast, know, right? You know, we're agnostic and we just work with everybody, right? Well, you can say that as a, as a message on your website, right? But you can't target it that way, right? Right. It don't work. I mean, that's literally like taking a boat out in the middle of the sea and dropping a net this big. Well, I wonder if I'm going to catch anything. <laughs> Probably not. Right. So, so, and I've been preaching this for years and that is find somebody that can create a customized solution that works for your company, not a cookie cutter thing that works for everybody. And I know that's what you guys do over at ProShark um, for sure. So where all that being said, I, I'm I'm really curious as to, you know, why? Other than money, right? I mean, it, you look at all these big platforms, right? It's more than the money. It has to be more than just the money. So is it about control? Is it about, what, what do you think the real route to why they do all this. Cause you look at the big slap they did. Google did many times, I guess, not just once, but, and they just crushed businesses overnight. Right. Right. Cause you and I both know back in the early nineties, you could go to fiverr.com, get, you know, 10,000 backlinks for freaking five bucks and make three, four grand off that. Right? Well, I don't think Fiverr existed yeah. back in the nineties, but okay. I got you. Well, when, right. When it, whenever yeah. it was right. I don't know. My, my, my times are a bit skewed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that's, that's actually a fair question. Number one, why are, is big tech doing this? You actually said it is control. Apple wants to, well, and first thing, if we just take Apple as the case study real quick, Apple, when they made that change, it was iOS 14.5, give or take in September of 2019, they made the change. The impact wasn't felt till the following year, but when they made that change, they took control over their consumer's privacy. And the one thing that you have to remember, or not privacy, they took control over their consumer's access to marketing okay that and that's a big difference and it's important that i make that that um, difference because when i take away the freedom for a third party and we use facebook just because everybody knows facebook but when i take away the freedom for that third party to have access to my users data it's not just facebook it's everybody who's third party it's everybody who tries to set a cookie on a site to understand the marketing effectiveness of what they're doing with a consumer. So Apple has now said, you know what? I own that control. If uh, 6% of our users opt in for third-party marketing, because that's what the number is, if 6% do that, then you know what? I'll give up that 6% to have control over the remaining 94%. So is control of the data, because today it may seem in, insignificant. In fact, it looks like they're the heroes for creating privacy around their users. But today it seems like that tomorrow 
they will control all of your data and all of the access and all of the information that you have access to by doing that under the guise of privacy. Guess what? Google sees it. They see the writing on the wall. And everybody who's big in this industry will go after the data because the data is gold. And without the data, it's you're floundering, you're throwing spaghetti up against a wall to see what happens. So when you say customized solutions, customized solutions are no longer an option. They're almost mandatory. And every agency out there has not figured this out yet because they're still doing what they do best. They're still throwing spaghetti up against a wall and, and hoping that it, that it has an impact on your advertising. Because if it has any kind of positive movement whatsoever, you're going to grasp at those straws and say, hey, I got some positive movement. In reality, you could be doing a lot better with a customized solution. And that's what we're moving towards. We've already, we're already there. So Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because not well i don't know maybe maybe it is but now it pretty much sounds like you're going to you're going to specifically stay on uh you're going to have to run a set of something on one platform and a set of something on yeah. one platform and it's all going to have to be very individualized to fit those platforms rules and guidelines and bullshit <laughs> well, and your product and or service. Now there yeah. is a third option and we're working on this and we've almost got it perfected, but we're still a little ways away from it. From a retargeting perspective, we can actually access that data that you need a different way. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what's in our labs right now. And we're hot and heavy on the research side to get that done. Uh, once we do that, then we won't need a cookie or a pixel to be able to target the information, what ads you've viewed, et cetera. We just have to make sure that we follow all of the new privacy laws and such out there, anonymity. And Europe is a leader in that. And typically California follows next and then the rest of the United right. States. So. Yeah. So what do you think about direct mail? It's going to come back. Um, I don't think so because no. everybody has gotten away from the, the feel of the paper in the mailbox. And then in fact, most of the newer generation has come to strongly dislike it. It's going to make some come back just because businesses are desperate, right? Businesses are desperate to be able to have some type of influence over their consumers. Now, one thing that, and you alluded to this a, a few minutes ago, one thing that's going to be coming back or not coming back, but it's going to be more of a, uh, a driver in marketing is something that we've had many discussions over and that's community and, and creating when businesses can have the information they need to be able to create a community around their product or service. Now you've got built-in consumers and that's going to be, it's going to be the tribe approach to creating market demand and then using that tribe to virally um, get the message out regarding your product or service. Yeah. And you think about how genius of an approach that really is. And I always like to use the, just say Bob's tire shop and your local Chevy dealer, right? So your, your local Chevy dealer can absolutely probably outsource uh, probably factory direct for a little bit cheaper. 
right? Or what they can do is support their local community because that Chevy dealer is a local affiliate, right? Uh, of Chevy. So they could have Bob's Tire Shop provide all their tires, right? And then Jill's Coffee Shops providing the coffee for Bob and for the Chevy dealer, right? On and on and on, right? Then the 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 uh, shirts that they have with their logos on them, right? Those are done by Sally's Printing downtown somewhere, right? And it all stays local, right? right. And it creates so much opportunity to create that more community-based model, right? And I'm seeing it more and more here locally where uh, people are doing that. So I think it's, it's being figured out, but it's, it's a, it's a slow goer, no doubt. It's, it's going to take a while for people to understand what you just said, but in, and, you know, I, I, know that we've had conversations around what creates a community, what creates, because you have brick and mortar stores versus online stores versus econ because mm-hmm. and the pandemic drove everything online. It, it just did. So, but there's a movement for, well, there's not a movement yet. I will say that we are working to create a movement because this is what it's going to come down to, to create organizations that are better. And a lot of businesses see these marketing difficulties or obstacles that they face as, as a bad thing. I think it's actually a good thing because it's going to make companies more efficient. It's going to make um, the requirement that everything be custom tailored to that company. It's going to, that's going to be the only approach that's going to have any effect here in the near term, especially after Google does what they're about to do. And then, socially responsible because if I can drive companies to have social causes that actually make an impact or a difference in the marketplace, that makes them a better company. And that makes them better members of society and a better member of their community. And it's going to be a, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about the, what I would call it yet, but it's going to be a global local movement, right? Where they may be online, but they're being better members of society. They're being better members of the community. They're building their own community and tribe around their product or service. And that just self-propagates exactly the way you just explained. So, yeah, for sure. And then you have, you've, you've, it's kind of like just old school networking, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. It, it is, but that yeah. we've lost that art. I mean, look at some yeah. of the young youth and, and generation behind us. It's like that art has become, how do you network? What network? Oh, you mean social media network? No, that's not what I mean. It's like you reach out and actually talk to somebody. What? <laughs> and they're in the same room texting, right? Yeah, so, right, right, yeah, right. no networking yeah. is going to be, it's going to be a driver. It is. Yeah. Some of that is just, that's a learning experience. Right. Right. And I, and I don't think, I don't think the generations under us don't want to be a part of that. They just don't know about it. They don't, they haven't experienced it. Right. No. And that's a fair, they haven't experienced the need to do that. Right. And COVID just drove it even harder in the ground. Right. Right. So it's like, now we need to really 
which obviously is a big part of it's a pretty big part of why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place was to help the younger generation skip some arrows, right? Yeah. And you know, have this bank of all this fantastic information to include business struggles and all this stuff, right? So a, a young CEO didn't need to take those same arrows. So because I think, and I've said this on almost every podcast, the generation above me did a really shit a job, shitty job of mentoring my generation, unless you would write a check, right? So right. we're really good for that. <laughs> but see, I mean, and you're professing, you're actually doing what we're talking about. You're building right. a community around the information that you're providing. You're building a mm-hmm. tribe around, hey, you know what? And, and try as we might, we always come back to, we try and offer the information, we try and give it, we try and pass along our knowledge. Sometimes it's not received, but sometimes it is received. Or yeah. sometimes, oh, I remember when he told me not to do that and I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but you're, you're right. The generations before us, they did not do a good job of passing down that knowledge. We have the capability and capacity with the internet and the advent of the internet and all of the information it provides to be able to add to that information or data store because that data is so valuable. So Mm -hmm. it is, it's totally valuable. The, the one thing you can't replace with AI is experience. (laughs) That's that's it. When that's like push button reports that I was referring to earlier, we become Mm -hmm. a, a society of such instant gratification I want my report and I want it now, even if it spews out inferred data that's not correct, even if it spews out useless garbage that I already know or could get from any free tool out in the marketplace. And the problem is people are paying money for this data or for this information because they're starved for the right kind of data. So, right, right. It's about the right data. It's not about just the typical horseshit, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly right because the typical stuff doesn't work anymore. Right. It just doesn't. Well, we've aggregated this answer equals this, or this this answer equals that, or so on and so forth. Like a lot of those tools out there that you know right. you put A, B, C, or D. Right? <laughs> it's like you're going to try to shove me into four buckets. Jesus, man. Well, there's E all of the above, right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But, yeah, but they don't work. Yeah, most of us know they don't work. I mean, can you glean some information by it? Yeah, but it probably just adds more. It adds more complexity to it than it does help you, I think. Most of the adds time. more questions than it does answers. Right. right. For Agreed. sure. Yep. Absolutely. Well, well, hey, so speaking of business struggles. Um, you could reach into your dump truck of business struggles over the years. I have plenty of them. Yeah. (laughs) If you could reach in and grab one, just one that you think would really help a young CEO that you could, could have went back yourself and went, you know, Hey, uh, this is going to come up and this is probably how you want to solve it. What would that be? That's easy. That one's, I mean, it's just drop dead simple. Give me a hard question. (laughs) Now that, that network that you refer to, 
that community, if I could go back to day one and, and, you know, I've, I've started a lot of businesses, I've done a lot of things and been successful at most and not so successful at others, but it's about the community. It's about the network that you build or that you have around you. If you have a network of people who are capable of, if you have a network of people that are far smarter than you, then you know what? You can't do anything but learn from that network. And it gives you access to resources and it gives you access to the things that you need to survive today in a business. And if I could go back and tell my younger self, I'd say, don't be stupid. Quit trying to do it all on your own. You're not on an island, even though as a CEO, you often think that you are, but you're not on an island. There are people in the same boat as you you know, they think that they're on their own island. Imagine if you could collectively get them together and share the knowledge and wealth of experience that they have. That that to me is a no-brainer. Yeah, for sure. I've I've learned that the hard way too over the that years. Most of us, right? Um, I, I think <laughs> yeah. that's that's a very common arrow in the quiver. <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> for sure. But despite knowing about it we still do it right so it's like hey take it or leave it right (laughs) well anybody watches this podcast and gets one thing out of it is you're not on an island as a ceo you're not there are people out there with shared experience there are people out there who have that wealth of knowledge that you need and that level of support that you need to be successful you just got to Open the open your browser. Yeah. Know your own superpowers. Quit trying to do other people's. Exactly. That's part of what that comes down to. You know, it's like you're you you wouldn't go to a dentist to get heart surgery done. Well, not anymore. I might have when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) At least I'd hope not, right? Yeah, well, again, there's younger me than there's current me. The dentist is cheaper, damn it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mouth is close to the heart. <laughs> Don't lose a tooth in there, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you catch a cavity uh, on the way? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, hey, to kind of start closing things down here, I like to ask this question. And sure. that is if you could pick someone who could have been here, dead or alive, you know, uh, doesn't matter, mentor, Jesus, Gandhi, whatever. Um, somebody that you could have asked, you could have had here asked a burning question that you've always had. What would the question be? And who would, who would you have on the show? That is a very interesting question. I think I'd have to choose. And, you know, this may be controversial. It may not be, but I would have to choose Elon Musk. And here's why. Because I would ask him, as far as innovation and integrating new process and procedure into company, what do you find is the most successful way to do that and and have the most impact? And the reason I say that is because you look at what he's done with a brand new market with Tesla, right? Mm -hmm. You look at what he's done with his aerospace program. He, he's pioneering a lot of fields that privately have not been pioneered. And I love the bravado, the brashness to be able to do that. Some will say that it's just his money that does that. 
but he's putting up a lot, a lot of money to gamble on those things. And there's a huge risk involved. So you know what? Hats off to him for taking those risks. But how do you not make sure, but how do you give yourself the best chances to introduce those levels of risk and, and come out on top? Yeah. I mean, great example. Just off the cuff decides he's going to buy Twitter. I mean. Yeah. Oh, I think I'll buy Twitter today. And in the name (laughs) of free speech, right? Yeah, sure. But that, and that, one of the things that I admire about that is an adherence to principle, to being able to say, hey, you know what? This isn't just about the money. It's about the principle behind the process is about being able to innovate because if I innovate just for money, uh, where uh, that doesn't get me anywhere. But if I innovate to do something new to pioneer, that to me is the true American spirit. Yeah, it's all about the footprint, baby. Yep. Once you make it about the footprint in business, your whole life changes. It does. Your outlook, everything. Yep. And I mean, that's another point for a young CEO. Don't just yep. do it for the money. You got to do it for a reason. You have to be a better company. You have to be about something. Right. When, when you know better, you do better, right? Exactly. True. Sure. Definitely. Well said. Yeah. Well, Hey, on that note, how do people get a hold of you to work with you? Uh, The best way is through the website, www.proshark.com. So look for the shark, look for the shark, the pro (laughs) shark. It's pretty hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, no, eat, and it's seen it eaten a few logos. <laughs> well, yeah, it has. And you know what? I mean, we've been um we've done well. We've gotten a whole platform out without exterior funding, done that in less than two years. So I mean, you know, I my hat's off to everybody on the team because everybody's pulled together. We're about the vision, we're about giving back, we're about something bigger than ourselves. So, and as long as you do that, the rest follows. What matters right there. Yep. About you give back, you will receive, right? Tenfold. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, brother. Joel Thanks Phillips, for having me. Joel Phillips, CEO, ProShark. Go freaking see him today. Hurry up. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll be talking soon. I guarantee you that. All right. You're on. Talk to you later. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for joining us on this episode of War Room Moments. Remember, dream it, believe it, then go see Pro Shark to achieve it. So (laughs) this is uh, your podcast host, Jason Miller, signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.